Hey, welcome Shine Church. We are glad that you are with us today. Um, many of you have already probably read the email that we sent out um, early Saturday morning, uh, but want to make sure that everybody's on the same page. Uh, we do have a couple members of our staff who are not feeling well. And in order to keep our entire Shine family safe, we made the decision uh, based on the limited knowledge that we had to go ahead and do online only services this weekend and next weekend um, because the safety of each and every one of our family members in this church is the most important and so valuable to us. And so uh, as we wrote in that email, as we get the results from the tests back, get all of those results, um, we will then be sending out another email and letting you know um, negative, positive, where we're standing, what we're gonna do moving forward. Um, but here's what I know. God is still good. Um, it is just strange times that we're in, but I want to uh, just, <laughs> I just wanna encourage all of you. Um, we cannot let this rob us of the things that God has for us. Kim and I were actually talking earlier this week with just the governor uh, and the mandate that he put with masks everywhere now. Um, man, it, it seems like the enemy again is trying to rise up and create division. Uh, I know of stories where he's trying to get in between husband and wife, um, family members, uh, siblings, uh, inside the church. We need to just stand up and not let uh, the enemy divide us. And so let's keep pushing forward. Let's keep pressing into God. And church, I know that this is, uh, these are just strange times. As a pastor, I find myself going, um, I didn't learn any of this in seminary, and I've been starting to ask people, if anybody has heard how to make these decisions, uh, please let me know. Uh, but it's just, we have to seek God, we have to go after him. I wanna encourage you to do that. Be praying for us, because that's what we're doing. We're trying to just seek the heart of God and uh, be led by him. And so, um, I just have one quick announcement, and I'll jump into uh, the continuation of our study in the book of Ephesians, and that announcement is this. This is the third weekend of the month, which we ask you to pray about giving extra in our alms fund. I want to say thank you so much for um, just helping us out with our alms fund and the fact that um, what you provide and the money that you give to us, man, it really helps us to reach out into our community. And um, it looks like we are going to have to continue to uh, do that in these times. And we just want to say thank you for your faithfulness in, in giving to that fund because it helps us and enables us to actually be able to help other people out that are really struggling. And so I'm going to pray for the offering. I'm going to pray for the beginning uh, of the, the message that God would use me to communicate to your hearts. And so Lord, I, or so, so Shine, I pray that you would just ask and invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you in regards to these things. So Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. And Lord, we pray that you would speak to us in regards to uh, our offering that we give. And, and Lord, uh, if there is extra and above that you want us to give towards alms to helping out uh, people that are struggling in this community, Lord, I pray that you would put that into our hearts. And uh, Lord, we ask that you would multiply it. And so uh, we just wanna be cheerful and faithful givers and uh, charitable in your eyes. And Lord, we wanna give you all the glory and honor for it. And so Lord, we pray that you would 
use us, speak to us. And God, we just, we are obedient with just cheerful and glad hearts. And so Lord, multiply the offering, uh, multiply the alms so that we can uh, just continue to partner with you to further the kingdom of God. And Lord, we thank you for these things in your name. We ask now that you would communicate through me your message and your heart um, in, for, from the book of Ephesians. And God, that you would just use my vo voice to communicate your heart to, to the people listening. And Lord, we thank you for your word that is alive and active. And Lord, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, uh, Pastor Darren says Matt spoke last week. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. Um, and he finished up chapter two. I'm going to do something to the, today that uh, I might be... Uh, I, might be a little stretch, but I'm going to try to go through the entire chapter uh, of Ephesians 3. Um, and so I'm going to start with chapter 3, verse 1. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation. As I have already written briefly, in reading this then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery, verse six, I'm gonna key on this right here. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel members together of one body and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. This mystery. Now, uh, Pastor Darren spoke last week, as I mentioned, and if you didn't listen to the message, I wanna strongly encourage you, go back and listen to that message because he talked about our inheritance in him. And as chapter two ends, it really talks about the fact that Jews and Gentiles are now a part of the same bloodline. The lineage now is that we are grafted into uh, Israel into the Jewish state, which, which means that now we are grafted into the kingdom of God. And Darren did such an incredible job with this. And here's what I found interesting as I was studying it um, myself this week. And that is this, the word mystery in six verses here, Paul uses it four times. And I got to praying about it and thinking, why is Paul using this word mystery so often? And I, I, I tried to put myself in his uh, shoes. He's in prison. He's writing to a church that he administered to uh, over uh, a year earlier. And so he's trying to encourage them. And I think uh, this, is, this is what I, I felt like the Holy Spirit really kind of showed me. Um, have you ever had those moments where um, you experienced something that was so good that you had to tell everybody about it? That you were like, oh my gosh, you have got to see this. You've got to go to this restaurant. I know people have gone to restaurants where they've eaten and the meal was so good that they were like, oh, you have got to join us. You've got to go with us to this restaurant because the food is so good. The wait staff is so uh, helpful and encouraging and it's just such amazing. And when we have experiences like this, we want everybody to know. And I found myself thinking, wow, that, that happens when we read the word too. There's times where we're reading the scripture and all of a sudden it becomes alive and active to us and we're like, oh my gosh, this is so good for me. I want everybody to know about this. And the problem with that is, and Pastor Peter and I were talking about this, the problem with that is, is that when you feel like you've gotten a revelation, when you feel like that you've gotten something from God 
and you want everybody else to know about it, you start to, at least for me, this is what I do, I start to tell people, like, you've got to get this, and you've got to understand this, and we start to kind of force it down people's throats. Um, I kind of think that this is what Paul was doing a little bit. He was given revelation from the Holy Spirit about this incredible mystery of the fact that Jew and Gentile were now grafted together in Christ Jesus. And he says mystery, this mystery, this revelation that I have been given from the Lord, I want you to understand, I want you to get. And it's so important that we understand what Darren talked about last week and the fact that our identity and our lineage and really our inheritance is now found in the kingdom of God. And until we get that, we can't really move further into what Paul wants to teach us in the book of Ephesians, which in chapter four, he actually starts going into what does this look like? Once you understand your identity, what does it look like to do this together as the body of Christ? And so I just found myself thinking that here we have um, Paul speaking out this mystery, which is, um, just this revelation that maybe was once hidden but now was revealed and he wanted us to know this. And so church, I'm coming to you today and I'm saying, I want you to understand what Paul is trying to get you to get here. And that is this, you are now grafted in to that lineage of Jesus Christ and that's how God sees you. You are now a royal priesthood. You are a chosen generation, and he's got great gifts for you. He's got great things for you, and like our four pillars speak to, he wants you to engage with him and with one another. He wants you to understand who you are, how he sees you. He wants to empower you in the things that he has planned and purposed for you, so ultimately, we can multiply these things out into this world. And so Paul is trying to get us to understand this, and then he goes into verse 7. And he says, I became a servant of this gospel. So I want you to know that this mystery, this revelation that God has given to me that I want you to get so badly, I want you to know that this is what I've given my life to. This good news is what I've given my heart to. He goes, I've become a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. He goes, I don't do this on my own. Man, it's through the Holy Spirit. And right now in these times, we need the Holy Spirit, church, to lead us and, and help us to navigate through these times. And verse six, it says, although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given to me. Okay, so why would he say that? Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people. He's saying that because he knows what his past was. He understands that he went around and killed people who believed this message. He understood that and he realized, man, I realize I'm the least of the people who have followed Jesus. But now, and I love what Rob has been teaching and Darren and DJ about, but now, but although I'm less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles this boundless rich richness of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery. So my goal here is to help you understand what this revelation means. What does that look like? Which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. And then I want you to hear this. I'm gonna pick up and, and spend some time here. Um, verse 10, his intent, whose intent? Obviously God's. His intent was that now, through the church, 
the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Man, as I was reading through this and as I was studying it, uh, these two verses just jumped off the pages to me. His intent was that now, through the church, who's the church? We're the church. It's you and I. It's anytime we gather. It's anytime that we're walking around with other people. Uh, we're the church. It's not a building. It's the people that call themselves believers. We're the church. And he says that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known. Okay, let's talk about that. The manifold wisdom of God. I was sharing this with the staff on Tuesday morning and um, Matt Greaser, our children's pastor, he actually goes, oh my gosh, have you, have you ever seen a huge manifold in a house? And I'm like, no, I never have. He, works, he has worked construction a lot in his life. And he, he said, I've got a picture. And so he sent the picture to me and I had Jordan actually color it for me because here's what's interesting. The word manifold, it means this, much varied or of differing colors. And so I asked Jordan to take this picture and what you'll see is the main line is gold and I'm gonna use that as a representation that God is the main line. Jesus is the one that we're grafted into. Then you have the manifold, the, 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 all the different, differing of colors, the much variedness spreading off of that manifold. Now in this picture, it's a home manifold. It probably pales in comparison to the picture that God has in his mind of what this means. But that word or this picture picture the manifold. You've got the, the gold line that's coming down that's the Holy Spirit and then you have all these different colored lines going off. Those represent you and I. All the differing personalities and all the differing, differing giftings and all of the the different ways that we receive God and understand God. And so uh, I want you to get a picture of this that God's intent God's intent was that now through us, you and I, the church, the manifold wisdom of God would be known. Okay, what is, what is wisdom? wisdom? Wisdom is Jesus. And so get the picture of this. I believe what Paul is trying to say is that you and I alone, grafted into Jesus, are just one of those lines out from the main artery. But when we understand that when we all come together and get this picture of who we are in him and how he wants to empower us and how he wants to use us to multiply his glory in this world, then what we begin to realize is that his intent was that through you and I embracing who we are, or the giftings that we have, that when we come together and exercise those things, we actually begin to reveal the different nature and different characteristics of Jesus Christ. It says that we were created in his image, each one of us. And each one of us has a little, little bit different part of his image. But when we put it together and when, oh man, I hope you get this. When we put this together, church, what happens is we make Jesus known 
because we put all our pieces and parts together. And the thing that he put in me, the gifting, when I put it, combine it with my wife and my kids, and then we become this little mini church, and then we share, all of a sudden, Jesus is known in a greater and a bigger way. And here's what's really interesting, is not only in this world does that happen, but it says that, um, <laughs> I mean, get this, that the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities. And it, um, if you read the Amplified, it says the angelic rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Now, uh, interesting little um, <laughs> thing that I got from the study. This word he heavenly realms or heavenly places, it's used five times in the book of Ephesians and nowhere else in the New Testament. And so Paul is trying to get us to understand something here. And I would say that what he's trying to get us to, to picture or understand is that once we understand who we are in Christ, once we understand that our lineage is in him, and then we get with other people that have that same understanding, then we put our collective giftings and personalities and characteristics that God has put into us, we put that together, and then all of a sudden Jesus is, is brought to light in a way that we couldn't even fathom or experience on our own individually. And the people in the world begin to see Jesus, but not only the people in the world, but it says here that in the heavenly realms, that the angels themselves get to experience more about God when we understand who we are and start operating together as the church. Oh man, I hope you guys are getting that. Wherever you're listening to me or watching me, I hope that you're getting a, a stirring in your heart that says, oh man, I gotta grab a hold of this because this is where the true, this is where the true uh, power of God, in my opinion, comes forth is when we truly get a hold of the fact that God made each one of us different so that we could come together and bring Jesus to not just the world, but to the heavenly realm. And so Kim and I were talking about this today, and uh, man, it's interesting, the picture of that. Um, we started joking back and forth. We, we, we live here on earth, and yet because we've asked Jesus into our heart, we actually have our citizenship in heaven. And so we, we kind of have a, a dual a, a dual position uh, where we, we actually live. We are bi-locational. I hope you like that one. We're bi-locational. We are, yes, here physically present on earth, but the things that we do when we come together as the church, we actually make an impact in the heavenly realms by how we negotiate and how we navigate through times such as these, church. Man, we need to grab a hold of this understanding and come together and seek God and go after him together as a family. You know, 1 Peter 1.12 actually says this. It was revealed to them, okay, the them as the Old Testament prophets as they were prophesying about Jesus coming and the fact that we could have this personal relationship with him. It, his intent was that now through the church, again, that's you and I, the manif oh sorry, <laughs> skipped into Ephesians. It was revealed to him that they were not serving themselves, but you, God, when they foretold the things now announced by those who preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. And then it says, even angels long to look into these things. Church, there is there is a piece of what God wants us to comprehend and get 
that Paul is trying to help us to understand. He's trying to help us to understand this mystery. And I would submit to you this, that mystery is that um, when we come together in unity as a body of Christ, and I, man, I find myself thinking right now, wow, we sure are talking about this a lot. But I think that that is what God wants right now. He wants his church to come together and instead of arguing about differences and, and arguing about um, masks and arguing about just the, the, the surface level things, he wants us to understand that we are bilocational and not only do we have to live here on earth, but there is a part of us that needs to be heavenly minded and focused because when we come together as the church, we begin to actually um, help the angels see the greatness of who God is. God is not only them, but also even people here on, on earth. I hope I'm communicating that right. Verse 12 says this, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. If we get this, if we understand our identity, and if we understand what God wants to do in exposing the manifold wisdom of who he is to the world and to the heavenlies, then we begin to understand that we actually can go into the presence of God. And we can do that boldly. It says, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. And Peter and I, again, we're talking about this, and Peter goes, man, if people could get this, I, I mean, there is just something about uh, having the understanding that because of the fact that Jesus has adopted me as his son or as, as his daughter, that you can walk in to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords that um, Adam and Eve walked with in the cool of the day. But that later on in the Old Testament, it says that if you even see my face, if you, um, it, it will kill you. Uh, God wants us to understand that because of what Jesus did, he wants us to come to him with confidence and with a freedom and an understanding that our father wants us to go to him and seek him and ask for his guidance in times like these in the middle of um, just a storm that we uh, don't know when it'll end and we don't know how it's gonna affect us. Um, but here's what I do know. We have freedom and confidence to approach God. And when we come together as a church in that freedom and in that confidence, then church, we can make a huge impact into this world. And I think Paul was trying to communicate that's what the church needs to look like now. I'm trying to give this mystery. I'm trying to get you to understand this. And I want you to encourage or be encouraged that you should come together and you should seek him. Um, I, here's what God has been working on me. And then I'll, I'll wrap this up with Paul's prayer at the end. Um, here's what God's been working on me. And if any of you have a great answer to this, I would love to know it. And here's the question I've been asking. What is the difference between my opinion and the discernment of the Holy Spirit. And man, I'm really seeking that out. And I don't even really have an answer right now because I think a lot of times I let my opinion get in the way 
of what the Holy Spirit is trying to communicate. And yet Jesus said, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit so that he can tell you what is yet to come. And I find myself thinking that here Paul is trying to get the believers together in unity and help them to understand they're from the same lineage and if you will get this and if you will start operating together, you will bring the wisdom, the, the Jesus factor to the world and to the heavenlies. And he actually goes into a second prayer in the matter of three chapters here. And I was flipping through, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but I was trying to find another place where Paul prays for the people in the way that he does in the book of Ephesians. And I found myself once again thinking, you know what, Paul is trying to get us to understand something. And so I'm just gonna simply close by praying this prayer that Paul prayed. After he tried to explain this mystery to the people, um, tried to encourage them with this, then this is the prayer that he prayed um, before he transitioned then into teaching them, okay, so now this is how you do it. And in the coming weeks, we're gonna break open chapter four, five, and six, and we're gonna start talking about, okay, so how do we do this as the church so that that manifold wisdom can be revealed to the heavenlies? And so here's the prayer. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love. How is it that we would be established in love? It's understanding that Christ dwells in your heart. And if he, if you get that understanding that Christ is in you, then you understand that you have that love in you. And so he's praying, I pray that you would see that, that, that love, that in that establishment of love, that you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all, full, all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably, immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever, amen. Church, <laughs> there's an interesting part of that prayer where he says, and I pray that you would know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. There is something in me that sometimes doesn't feel like I can receive the love that God has for me, therefore I don't feel adequate to do the things that he's called me to do, and therefore I don't step out into the things that he has me, that he has planned and purposed for me to step out. Um, but there is a love that God has for you that you can't earn, that you can't do enough to, to get more of. There's a love that passes 
your understanding that he has for you. And when you grab a hold of that, and what I believe Paul was praying here is this, when we have that understanding that there's such love that it passes beyond our knowledge, then all of a sudden it opens our heart to begin to realize, oh my gosh, God, I am who you say I am. And it doesn't have anything to do with what I've done or, or the things I'm gonna do or how I'm gonna do it, but Lord, you begin to reveal to us how much you care and how much you truly love us. And when that happens, the next part of the prayer was that him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is working within us, to him be the glory in the church. What begins to happen then is God begins to be able to empower us to do things that we could have never imagined that we could have done. And so church, I will just simply finish by saying this. This week, I hope that you will meditate on this scripture and the fact that God's manifold wisdom will be made known to the heavenlies when we come together as a church and seek him. Let's go after God and let's ask the Holy Spirit to directly speak to each one of us and let's do our very best to pull out our, pull out our opinion and actually just go after what the Spirit is directing and leading. And I believe that if we do this, then the Holy Spirit will navigate you through whatever you're going through at home, at work, in the middle of COVID, whatever it is, and that's what my prayer is, that you would be led by the Holy Spirit and he would give you insight and wisdom. I pray that he would give you mysteries that you would be so excited about that you wanna tell everybody that you would come in contact with. And so, church, have a great week. We love you and we pray safety over you and we pray that you would receive the life that the Spirit has for you. God bless you.